Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 20. Episode 20, we did it. Two tens. We made it. Feels like an accomplishment, really. It does. It's it's another ten. Milestone. <laughs> yeah, it's another milestone of tens. We divide things by ten. So. We do. What have you been listening to, Matt? It's uh, It's been a couple weeks. It has been. Um, well, for us, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I forget that. Yes. We live in a different timeline. Uh, I was going to make a timeline joke and I completely blanked. <laughs> so I've been listening to a couple different things here. I went back and listened to a band that I listened to a lot when I first found them. Well, not found them, but found out about them. Uh, it's a band called Alpha Male Tea Party. They're an instrumental <laughs> band. Dang. Yeah, they're an instrumental band. For, I believe they're from the UK. Oh, uh, well, I mean, instrumental band, British, great name. Got to be good, yeah. The title of the song is Don't You Know Who I Think I Am, off of their health album. Uh, the the ending of the song is just super good. I mean, it, Is that what we just... That's what we were just okay, listening yeah, to. Okay, yeah, that was really, really powerful. Yes, yeah, so that, a real, a lot of their songs are like that. And then also I went in and listened to, I guess you can call them a, a newer, the newer style of pop punk slash emo bands, a band called Sudden Suspension, and the title is In Knots, K-N-O-T-S. I'll have to check that out. I guess I've not been off the, keeping uh, up with my... Off the Basement Songs album. It's it's a really good mix of bands uh, and then styles, and it kind of goes all over the place and brings in some of the stuff you might not think of, like uh, like Just Surrender and stuff like that. Ooh, and, nice, nice. But it's it's the whole little EP that it's on is really good, and I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, what have you been listening to? Well, I've been listening to some uh, the Blink-182 live album, uh, the Mark, <laughs> okay. Tom, and Travis show. Yeah, hey, that's a good one. It's probably up there with the Real Big Fish live album. I'd say, yeah. Like, just top quality. Like, it's so good. I All the banter I have memorized in between songs. Right. It's uh, it's like the Real Big Fish live album, but more random in the banter than Real Big Fish seems like it's more... Yeah, like real big fish. Is, Not planned, but it's more. Yeah, like it's on it's on track. <laughs> jokes. Yeah, yeah. Blink gets into a lot of just. Uh, I didn't shower and I'm covered in poop. Yeah. And then one of my newer favorite K-pop bands, Stray Kids, put out a new album called Maxident, which we've been uh, rocking a lot, and it's really good. I like that. Maxident. Maximum Accident. Maximum Accident. Which it is. I uh, just watched an interview with them, and that is, in fact, <laughs> where the name came from. Oh, that is what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
it's like that's kind of just you know i like to play on words and stuff and then when they said that i'm like oh shit like i it actually worked out that way yeah, that's once. what it's supposed to be And like usual, if you want to listen to these songs, whatever we talk about today, you can find them on our Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify, and you can find that link on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. So Dave is up first this week, so go ahead and give us a roll, and let's see what we're going to. All right. Big money, no whammy, stop. Three. Hey. <laughs> nice and simple. Oh, a colossal wreck every time I die. Yes. Finally. Yes, yes, yes. The boy. Yes, yes, yes. Gonna be a good one. And again, that was a colossal wreck by Every Time I Die off of their 2021 album, Radical. Their last album. Yes. Radical. We, uh, two episodes ago, actually, we got early Every Time I Die uh, with Hot Damn. And now we have the end of Every Time I Die with Radical. And, I mean, you can see the amount of change in the band. Yeah, from definitely, you know, two thousand two ish to you know two thousand twenty. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, okay. It was recorded in twenty twenty. Released so, in twenty twenty one. Actually, well, we just passed the one year anniversary of the album. We did last month. Yeah, yeah as, well, month. as of recording, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think twenty second. Twenty second. Okay. Yeah. So, and uh, it's a. Uh, Hell of an album. Oh my god. It's it's so good. I mean, I have trouble ranking every time I die albums in general because they're all really good. And very different. Yeah, I mean they've continually evolved the sound. I think we talked about last time. While staying somewhat in the same area, I yeah, guess. I mean, I mean still they've hardcore, always been yeah. like hardcore metalcore. I don't they're really just them. Like they're there's a core not band, yeah. yeah, there's not another sound that's exactly like them, but this is definitely late era every time I die. Yes. Yeah. Like rad this is like an evolution of low teens, which was like darker, I guess. It was definitely darker, which yeah. Which that made sense because Low Teens was written about Keith almost losing his wife and baby. Yes. <laughs> which that's gonna make that, you that's dark. Gonna fuck you up. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna fuck you up a little bit. Which also, I mean, we'll get to more later, but that and leading into to the couple years leading into this album, I think had to have played a part in oh yeah the band drama and breakup absolutely especially on keith's end yeah this album was recorded written and recorded before the covid pandemic started right before it really kicked off which is hard to believe yeah given the amount of lyrical content that seems to directly relate to the pandemic but i mean it was they started recording after they finished touring in September 2019, and all the lyric Keith has 
clarified all the lyrics were written before before any kind of covid anything so it's kind of crazy that yeah i mean who would have thought the world would still be just as fucked mm-hmm. up as his as he wrote it as i mean one of the songs is calling for a plague yeah uh, he got it yeah didn't even have to wait nope and the band ended up playing very few shows they actually as you mentioned postponed the release of the album for a almost a year and a About half a year and a half yeah because it originally should have come out in like spring of 2020 yeah but they wanted to wait to tour on it which you i couldn't. totally understand <laughs> yeah. so they waited until october 2021 to release it and then they ended up only playing a handful of shows that and then it. the band broke up <laughs> yeah Last one. Although being, actually, uh, most of those handful of shows were before the album came out because they were in like August. Because they they were debuting songs, yeah. yeah. And then, and they then played I think the, they started a tour. They were they canceled a UK tour. Yeah, but that was going to happen in January, and then they still had there was the, the season show that they were going to do. There was something in I think November or the beginning of December because they had some shows scheduled, and then Keith announced that he needed to take a break from the band for his mental health. And the band originally was going to finish the shows they had booked, finding somebody to fill in for Keith. But those shows got canceled for COVID reasons. Yeah. But then they did, they did get back together and play Tid the Season 2021, which, if you're not familiar, is a, I don't know, not exactly a festival, but kind of a big weekend show party in Buffalo, their hometown. And it's, you know, really big. All these bands get together. yeah, Yeah, all of their friends and everything and it's like the big event for every time i die fans which is cool because a lot of the, also if you, you, yeah I'll, you'll see videos of like bands jumping on other people's songs like coming on stage and doing it with them and i mean you, that's like just the, a big celebration that's the best kind of show everybody's yeah. just you know having fun and all so it's kind of fitting that that ended up being their last show at least yeah. they went out with their own big party right in buffalo and then Shortly after that, the band, the other four members of the band announced that the band was done. Right. Essentially, in not so many words, I guess they were saying that they were kicking Keith out. Yeah, there was a whole weird section in the middle where, where like, apparently Keith had overheard them talking about how they could be the band without Keith, and that was where all the drama and stuff came from, and then the mental health break, and... It's- it's hard to tell specifically because it's a lot of really murky drama. Yeah. And Keith has one side and the other guys have another side. And it's like, for me, I don't, I, I don't want to have to pick sides. No. You know, I love every member of the band. And it's hard for any of us to know specifically everything that happened. Right, because it's not our business, really. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, this is personal issues between longtime friends. And brothers. <laughs> yeah, and it affects us as listeners because, you know, there's no more shows, there's no right. more albums Their and music everything. means something to a lot of people. But, I mean, it's, like, it's, I said earlier, it's a really complex situation. In the years leading up to this, you know, Keith almost lost his wife, and who was seven months pregnant. Yep. It was, what, like two weeks in the hospital where he didn't Back even know if she was, was going to make it? Listen to Pedal. It'll, uh, yeah. It breaks it down. <laughs> like it, he's, he's literally like writing these songs, sitting in waiting rooms, not yeah. knowing if they're going to come out any minute and say that his wife and baby are dead. Right. Which I can't even imagine like yep. that. And then in 2017, his younger sister passed away. Yeah, because she had a, a medical syndrome. Rett syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And then... The pandemic hit Keith really hard, although it actually, uh, he got sober 
yeah. during the pandemic. He had been struggling with substance issues. And I guess the way he put it, basically the pandemic made him hit rock bottom and realize what was happening. And like, he wanted to clean up his act and straighten up his life, which you wouldn't think would lead to your band breaking up. Right. And it's not like they were a big, from what I understand, they weren't like some big party band. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, you know, somebody like Keith, you know, would drink and that kind of stuff. But he obviously felt he had a problem. Right. Which is not, you know, really anybody else's business. But since he's talked about it and everything, so... I could I could understand going through all that bad stuff and then trying to, you know, clean up and get your life on track. And then, you know, if you do overhear your bandmates talking about how they could do the band without you. I mean, that would, that would get to you. That would wreck me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that had been a band that I was in. But there's so much we don't know. Yeah. Especially like know. the yeah. other guy's side has not been as illustrated as Keith's. Right. I don't feel. The other four members are still... Still playing music. Still jamming yeah. together. There's been some stuff on social media, some various rumors of, uh, you know, if they're going to work with a different vocalist or not. But Keith has been doing a spoken word tour after the band broke up. Yep, in the UK. He did one in the UK called An Evening with Keith Buckley. Which, that would have been something to see because, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, is, cool. he is... You know, primarily he was an English literature major, and he's a hell of a writer. Published author. Yeah, so there's, you know, seeing his writing ability outside of the musical realm, I think, would be a really cool thing yeah. to see. Hopefully he does more stuff like that or does a book tour or something. That'd be cool. Or puts out another book. His first two books were really good. But the song itself, the actual meat of the song and everything, it's like peak Every Time I Die. It's, it's got everything you want in an Every oh, Time yeah. I Die song. Yeah, I've got a... I mean, the lyrics, it's it's hard to pick out specific sections to highlight because they're all so good. Right from the beginning, you get the, the theme of the song, Give It Back to the Animals, which yeah, I'm on board with. Like, yep. The song's basically like humanity is like a rot on the earth and we're ruining the earth and we should just get rid of ourselves and give earth back to the animals which i mean yeah, it's not wrong not wrong no not wrong and then it hits you with the, the all the wrong people are gone yeah i mean that who's just, who's just, not gonna yeah. feel that <laughs> that just hits you get i like uh there's a section a little bit after that uh prison ship of bloat and rot they can't just have we must have not mm-hmm. dark red speck colossal wreck the ark crashes into the rocks that's not some english lit shit like, yeah that's... i mean that that's super well written but basically it's you know highlighting there's certain groups of people in this country who are just dedicated to taking everything away from uh, other people that are different than them yep which is horseshit you know and there's other songs on this album that kind of also address that certain kind groups of stuff of people, more directly yeah. and then i also really like the part the final breakdown section yeah um uh, Lyrically and musically, I love the way the end of the song works, 
where you have, I guess, I don't know, interlude part or something with son of a bitch, son of a bitch, I'm calling it quits, and the music kind of, like, tapers off right as he's saying, I'm calling it quits. Yeah. And then it's, like, reinforces that and then nice hits, hits into that yeah. halftime breakdown part and then i should have been baptized death's perfect shine is in my eyes now i'm just killing time until time decides i've had enough i love that last part the now i'm just killing time part and especially the way he just screams it over that breakdown yeah. it's like keith's vocal technique uh, it's it's always been fantastic no one else screams it's like half scream yeah i don't even know there's no other vocalist that i have ever heard that does that the way keith does it not at all i I don't know how he doesn't shred his shit like consistently i mean he's got it down yeah it's it sounds so rough yeah and it's like the some of the times when he really belts it is just just sounds so raw yeah and that like it fits so perfectly with how hard the music's hitting and just the emotion in his voice and i love there's a lot of really little different guitar things that Andy and Jordan do in this song. Yes. Like little transitions. There's so many different things. Like there's a couple parts where they tremolo pick harmonics really fast and it just gets like I don't but, even know it like ee! Yeah, it's almost like a like a pick scrape harmonic. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I'm pretty sure at one point somebody does a, a string rake above the nut and you get that like harp. Mm-hmm. kind of thing that's distorted there's a couple parts where they controlled feedback yes and like do a yeah, feedback yeah. swell in between I mean, sections. It's kinda, it happens in the very beginning i mean they have a a feedback swell into just the chaos that is the beginning of the song and like that's something i never got i could do feedback but i couldn't control it like that yeah some of these some of these guys in there and their ability to control guitar feedback is just awesome and i just like i love that they just throws so many different techniques in there and like none of the transitions are boring or the same it, no. it goes with the chaotic feel of the whole song yeah and you'll get like a riff that's like half a regular riff and then the second half of it's like this falling lead line that they're doing and then you'll get another riff that's something else and then you'll get a climbing lead line that they're doing and it just kind of goes back and forth between this like hardcore punk guitar and then these lead lines that just kind of come out of nowhere and, and it just kind of accentuate like like I say chaos like 15 times already. But. There's, It's the kind of like controlled organized chaos is the best way. It's at least this sound of every time I die. Yeah. And like the the drums too. It's a big part of it. Yes. We, we were talking while we were researching. It's sad that this is the only album that Goose drummed on. Such a bummer. Because he's such a good drummer and it's such a perfect fit. Yeah. Like it's... It's super crazy, super busy drums, but in the best way. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. He never sounds like he's doing too much, or he's doing a lot just to do a lot. Like it all captures the feel of the song, and he knows when to let it breathe, as they or when say. To pick it up, Beato. Yeah. Beato. Or uh, it's also a lot of like I had the word in my head and I lost it. Damn it. Oh yeah. So it's like. He plays a lot of things that could be fills, but he doesn't play them like fills. It yeah. doesn't sound like he's just playing fill after fill after fill after fill. It's like he's actually playing these drum parts. Like incorporates it into the beat somehow. That could be fills, but he's using them as, you know, just like your... Not where a fill goes. Not where a fill goes. Yeah, which is... it. The songs 
and most of their songs like it's never boring because even like if they repeat a guitar riff the drums are different right or like the drums will play you know it'll be the same section but the time signature changes yeah yep so even when there's repetition it's not really entirely doesn't repeat yeah yeah. i mean they do this so well for so long you know i actually downloaded a guitar profile which i think is a first so far on the podcast (laughs) for research because i can't count time signatures but the way they work the time signatures in the song it's a lot of three four alternating with four four a little bit of two four it's an ultra beato section here yes Uh, but when i looked at it i noticed way way many years ago the first time that i learned ebola rama and I've been gone a long time mm-hmm. off of Hot Damn. Same thing. Yeah. The way that they do that 3-4-4-4 four, four, four shift. And it, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily shift with the changing sections. It'll just, no, no, no. It'll just sh- yeah, shift Shift in the like during the verse. One, one repetition of the verse will be one time in signature. And then it'll switch. And the transition's different. And it just, it, nothing repeats. I don't know. <laughs> Same point I already made. Yeah, they like to do these, like, seven counts, but put them in, like, they still change in the middle of it somewhere. Yeah, I don't, I'm not super good with, you know, with time signatures and, you know, that kind of stuff in music in general. But I don't, I almost feel like they kind of trick it in a way because they'll they'll shift these, do these weird counts and stuff. And then they'll throw in, like, one quick measure of 2-4 out of nowhere, yeah. which I think just evens it back out yeah it kind of makes it an even count and then they go back into it again so i'm sure that's a technique you know oh yeah in writing which is far above my music theory level but it sounds great they do a really good job with it yeah it's obviously you know like i said they've been doing it for 20 years using the same used to technique, it yeah. but it, you know it doesn't sound stale or anything i still was kind of surprised when i looked at the guitar pro like oh that's the same time signature thing they were doing on hot damn because it it doesn't immediately at least to me come off sounding anything like hot damn really no not at all but it is yeah they're they're doing the same stuff they've just made it better added it and polished it and elevated it over the decades and now i'm getting sad that the band's gone again yeah because i mean where they could have gone from this album i that's the other thing like could they have gone somewhere from this album? You got to wonder, though. Yeah. Like, but it, if all of the elements that led to the breakup of the band weren't going on, would this album have ended up what it was? Right. Like, what you know, would this would, album would, have been? Would Keith have been in this place and written these lyrics? Would the energy of the band have led to you know the mu- this music being written? Yeah. I don't. I feel like with the way bands work, any little change in the dynamic or energy or anything is going to result in a different sounding out you know oh yeah they can fuck up the whole thing yeah to a point so you gotta wonder but also i really would have loved to see yeah. you know in a year or two to see where they would have progressed from here because like they've never gone backwards to me no. on an album it's hard to pick a favorite but i you can't say like well this album was really good and then the next album wasn't it was more it's more that this album was really good and the next album was different yeah, but also really good. But it's still really good. I really just, you know, would have loved to see the tour for this album, that's all. Yeah, like, there's such 
a small amount of live yeah. material of this material. Yep. There's, you know, a couple shows, but a lot of that's just singles. like cell yeah. phone videos and stuff. It's, you know, unfortunately they didn't decide like, oh, you know, we're going to do a, you know, DVD level recording for Tid the Season. Well, there is one out there. There is? Hate Five Six has done, did the recording for Tid the Season, but with the breakup, didn't. there's something with not being able to release it. Oh, but. God. But so it, it does. It, it, oh. it exists out there, but we don't know when it's going to come out. I'm assuming that they'd all have to probably something has to be with done. Yeah, because it would have been done with the band as all five of them. Yeah. So I'm assuming like just everybody give it permission. Like we need we need this. We yeah. as the fans need that because most of us not able to go to Tid the season too far away. You know couldn't afford the travel couldn't be in buffalo in the middle of winter you know yeah and also it wasn't a hundred percent clear at the time that it would be their last show it's right it seemed right. more like they'd probably take a break or a hiatus which would have made sense with everything going on with everybody else but yeah obviously some some very intense shit happened behind the scenes personally All right, so again, that was A Colossal Wreck by Every Time I Die off their 2021 album, Radical. All right, and we are back. Matt, your turn to roll. Let's see what you get. Eight. Eight. All right, we got Meet James Enzer from They Might Be Giants. What a shift. Woo! All right. Meet James Enzer, Belgium's famous painter. Dig him up and shake his hand. Appreciate the man. Before there were junk stores, before there was junk, he lived with his mother and... Okay, so again, that was Meet James Enzor by They Might Be Giants off the John Henry album. This has to be one of the most fun songs to research that we've done so far. I agree. It's because the They Might Be Giants. I mean, there's no getting around it. They're one of the most fun bands out there. I mean, it, it's just... It, everything about the the song, the album, the band, it's just it's fun and it's clever. Yeah. And they've they've been one of my favorite bands since I was a child. Yeah, I sadly I've got to say I'm not nearly as familiar with them as I should be given how long I've known you and how much you like them. Yeah, like their Flood album in the 90s was like the first album I had. And I know every word to that yeah, album. Yeah, I mean, which and is... And still listen to it. Obviously going to have a big impact on you, personally and musically. And sarcastically, and yeah, my humor, they, and yeah. They've got everything. And they've been around f for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I knew they were... I, I, I was saying, mentally, I don't know. I just... I guess since Flood was like their first big... That was their hit, yeah. ...thing, I kind of picture them being around 1990 but yeah 
They started in 1982. Yeah. And this didn't come out until 94. Yeah, so this is, they've been a band for 12, 12 years. 12 years, and they, already, they had a number of releases before this. This was their fifth yeah. studio album, I believe. Five, their fifth studio album by 1994, and they're still going. Yeah, still active, still putting out, I mean, doing more than ever. Yeah. Actually. They've gotten busier. And I mean, they've, in the time since 82, they've released 23 studio albums, 10 compilations, 10 live albums, 8 EPs, 7 videos, and 11 singles. Which, I mean, there's bands that have been around since the 60s that have not put out half that amount of material, you know, most bands that have been around that long at this point put out an album every five to ten years maybe don't really try just play their old hits and cash in but these dudes are just you could combine every band from this episode's catalog (laughs) including the what we've listened to and i don't even think it would come close it's it's so much and that's not counting you know other projects like well i mean i guess like they did the score for the SpongeBob musical, <laughs> yep, which I I am sure came out on an album and is one of those releases, but that's almost like not exactly band yeah. work. I mean, it kind of is musically, but being in a band does not mean you can compose a musical. That's no, that's a no, whole other no. level of ability. And you know, having songs used for theme songs for TV shows, commercials, commercials, like I mean, Malcolm in the Middle. Everyone knows that fucking song. Yeah, I mean, iconic. Yeah. From our youth era, one of the most iconic TV show themes. And what's crazy is that it was 12 years, and they've only ever really used, like, a drum machine and synths for their backing instruments. Yeah. The whole time. I, I did not realize that they went so long as, like, just being John and John. Yeah, John and John, yep. Because uh, this was the first album that they had a, a full, instrumental a full backing. Yeah. backing band, which is really cleverly tied into the title of the album. Yep. <laughs> Learned a lot of things today <laughs> researching this, which is cool. I love learning random shit like this. But John Henry is a folklore figure. Yep. One of these might have been a real guy, probably not. You know, there's a lot of old folk and blues songs about John Henry. Basically, he was a guy that drilled holes in rock to put explosives in, or hammered holes in rock or whatever. And uh, the the myth of the folklore is that he did a race against a machine that did his same job, and he beat the machine. Beat the machine, yep. You know, man succeeded over machine, uh, and then he died because his body gave out from the stress. But it's, you know, since they went from machine to men with the backing album, it's just such a clever, you know, it shows their thinking and their knowledge of everything. Their intelligence as well, like how much they understand the world around them and and how things connect. I mean, to, to be like, oh, wow, this is our first album with human backing band so let's name it after a folklore figure of a man who overcame a machine like that yeah. i would never think at that no. level to title an album it's just like oh what's a funny joke that we said in the studio yeah, or what's, something? yeah what's, what's that joke we used to say i'd practice all the time let's make that the album name and it's like i more people need to put the thought into 
their content or whatever you would call it. I agree. Like these guys do, because it's just... I mean, I, I learned so much. It was so fun and different researching this compared to music, because I got... I mean, half the time I'm reading about a painter. <laughs> yeah, we got... <laughs> nothing to do with the music at all. Nothing to do with the music at all, but we now know a shit ton about James Ensor. James Ensor was a late 1800s, early 1900s Belgian expressionist painter among other things. Dig him up and shake his hand. Yeah, and again with the again with the cleverness and everything, uh, it's not simply just like, oh, I'm going right to make a song about a random a... painter. Like A lot of Ensor's work involved resurrections and skeletons, skeletons and whatnot, yeah. so it's actually a very clever reference to the actual to his work art. Yeah. of his art. They wrote the lyrics as art to reflect the art they're writing about. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's such next level. They're just, like, they're, it's genius. It's absolute genius. Writing a song about a painter that you like is next level to begin with. True. But then actually making it sound silly, but then actually tying in to the, the, the man's art is just... I, I mean, I, it's, I could never do anything like that. It's so beyond and the fact that they've they've continuously done things like this yeah i mean this was 1994 and they've just continued to to build on this kind of thing like they wrote songs about nanobots they've written songs they've written children's songs about the alphabet what can't they do yeah hopefully stop interestingly this is the band's longest album by runtime almost an hour yeah and for the amount of albums they've had and Considering how long ago this was, I don't know, kind of a little crazy that they haven't had anything longer than that. But it also kind of makes sense because the the shorter albums all have, you know, three and a half, four minute songs. Where the longer albums are usually like 30 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. Now, a lot of these songs on the album are kind of two to three minutes. Yeah. There's, there's two that are over four minutes, but in general, fairly short songs, but... I mean, it goes with the territory. Like, it, if this song was twice as long, I don't think it would be as, it be as charming yeah. because it's charming is a really good word for yeah, the MIP Giants. It is <laughs> like I, that just came out, but it's one of the best things I can think to describe it. You like you you can't help but smile and bop along to the music. It's it's too fun, and that's one thing I, I've always said about the MIP Giants. And people always looked at me weird and tried to argue it. I think, for what it's worth, They Might Be Giants is the most punk rock band that has ever existed. I mean, in a way, yes. It, it not, is, not, a, stylistically, not stylistically, musically, but their they're like ethos. Yeah, is, and, is the most punk rock band. They've literally done whatever they've wanted to for... 30 years. <laughs> what is that, 39 years now? 40 years? Oh, wow. 40 yeah. years, yeah. I've... 82, 40 years. Yeah, I keep thinking it's, you know, 2020. 2020 still, yeah. yeah. Wow, 40 years. 40 years years of doing literally whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, just, you know, want to do a children's album, do it. Want to do a musical, do it. That's punk as fuck. Uh, Probably a good time to mention their Dial a Song. Oh, yeah. Originally ran from 1985 uh, on and off until 2008. They basically, in the mid-80s, there was a time where they couldn't tour. John Linnell broke his wrist, and John Flansburgh? 
Flansburg, is that how you say it? I think it? so, yeah. And John Flansburg apartment was broken into. Burgled, I believe. Burgled, that's <laughs> how they put it, yeah. So they decided to just record random things onto a cassette in an answering machine and then put the phone number everywhere. Yeah. So people could just call the phone number and listen to whatever was on their answering machine, which is... Genius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that exactly what you're saying. That's punk as hell. Right. Like, and then it was a local number, so if you were calling from somewhere outside of Brooklyn, it would have been long distance, but they advertised it with the line, free when you call from work. Because <laughs> the charge would go to your company and not you. Which, how punk is that? <laughs> Run up charges on your company's yeah. phone bill. Don't do it at home. They, over the years you know, put all kinds of things on here. And sadly, it, you know, with answering machines, there's a lot, there's been a lot of downtime. Yeah. Uh, answering machines break. They eventually gave up on it in 2008, but apparently brought it back. I don't know, because I, I, it says that they revived it in 2015 and then said in 2017 it would return again, but... In a modified format. Yeah, I didn't yeah. find much else. Well, it was apparently running in 2018, although it appears that Christmas Eve 2018 was the last time the website was updated. That's the number. So it's still active. No, I'm looking at the website, so I, the, the, the actual phone number might be more updated than the website. But, I mean, it's still there. It's still it's, up. It just went you off. You just called it, so... I mean, what other band has had a dial-and-answering machine service? That played you music. <laughs> yeah. Back to this song and this album. <laughs> we talk about dial a song all day. I mean, yeah, there's so much history of the band, but this this song specifically, I mean... So catchy. Oh my god, so catchy. We're we're still we were sitting over here while we were listening to it just <laughs> still singing along to it like without even realizing we were bopping along to it. I mean, it's what they would call an earworm. Oh yeah. It's just I mean, I'm going to be singing this for days. Do do. And at least doing the da 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 da. Those four hits, man. You have to do the four hits. Even if you don't know you're doing it, you still end up doing it. It's so fucking funny. To meet James and Sore. I can't help it. I'm sitting here, and then that part comes, and you just have to da 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 da. I don't know what it is about. It's just you know, quick four hits, but it it really gets in your brain. And it's really funny, like how how this song is mixed as well. It's really it's weird. So weird because all the percussion is on the left, like hard hard left pan channel left. only. You can take off if you take off the left channel, it sounds like an acoustic song. Yeah, it's just the guitar and the it's, accordion. It's the and the, guitar yeah. and the accordion. Yeah, and the percussion is kind of odd in general. Yeah. Like I, I had trouble. But kind of think you landed on it was uh, like half closed brushes on a snare on yeah. a snare, but it's. Being played really quickly. Like, like a hi hat, yeah. a very fast roll, which I couldn't even air drum that quick along to it. And it, it's got some, a little bit of reverb on it that like the rest of the song doesn't have. Like it's definitely not meant to be a focus. 
Yeah, I mean, the getting a great, perfect mix or whatever is not the point of this, and no. it doesn't need it. But the instrumentation in general, like the accordion, really adds like a feel to the song. Yeah, you know, it gives it that extra fun polka type bounce. Right, it's it's like that that weird owl thing where it's like it's it's different, but it still sounds really good. It's just there's one part where they have the accordion harmonizing with the lead fuzz guitar <laughs> yes which that's a crazy sound that's awesome i don't think i've ever heard that kind of harmony yeah, when they're doing like the lead line yeah yeah it's an accordion and a fuzz harmonized yeah i don't believe i've ever heard that until now And it's, like you said, it's just, it's so catchy. And there's so many parts to it that are just, it's a simple song. But the, just the overall melody and those like four little hits that happen. Uh, yeah, like the, it's got a bounce to it. And, and it, it happens in a minute and a half. Like it's, it's not a long song. No, not at all. But it's. But we it literally listened like, to yeah. it on repeat and I never got old and it was only a minute and a half long. No, it, it doesn't. Feel, it feels longer. I don't know how to, uh, exactly that is, but I mean, it feels like a whole song. Yeah, like a full like three, three and a half minute song. Yeah, like a, like twice as long as it actually is. And it's just you know, it's pretty simple, but it's composed really well, and it's so catchy. And I mean, it's it's kind of a perfect. They might be giants example. Yeah, and it's because it's lyrically, it's. Unique. Yeah. Clever. Really, you know. The music is super fucking catchy, like most of their songs are. Uh, the topic itself is not there. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the. We went over the, the dig him up and shake his hand lyrics, which I think is really fun. Good way of kind of bringing him into the song. Yeah. Like, referencing his work without referencing his work. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have known there was any connection between that line and the content of his paintings had I not read. Yeah, so it was like if you knew about him and you knew, like you looked him up, looked at all his work. If you wanted to see him one day, it would just kind of click in your head, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, that's what he meant." Like that's yeah. what he means by dig him up and shake his hand. Like it refers to his work. But yeah. then he, they have the line uh, later: that he lost all his friends. He didn't need all his friends. Yeah, that's what I love. That <laughs> I love that part. Which, but that is a uh, that's a they might be giants lyric. If I've ever heard one, this is going to be a song I'm going to be listening to like more on repeat probably again today yeah there's it's gonna have to have some more listens before it'll ever get close to getting out of my head yes. it's so so catchy put the song on repeat and just just put fun. they might be giants on repeat in general and just enjoy yourself yeah, and you know in these times probably more than at any point previously in the band's lifetime just need some time to Throw on some fun music and have a good time. It's 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 hard to have a good time anymore, really. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I would say put on this album. This album's really fucking good. Put on Flood and just put it on repeat and just listen to it. Absolutely. Just the whole thing. And, and just sit back. Don't criticize it too hard because it's going to be weird. It's supposed to be, you know. But it's, that's what they do. 
and then just enjoy yourself for the, you know, what is it, 45 minutes or however long that album is? Yeah, about, you know, yeah. 40, 50 minutes around there. And just listen to it, listen to what they say, just go through and enjoy some of the MIP Giants. It'll make your day better. Yeah, also, definitely... Um, Check out his work. Yeah, Google, Google James Ensor. I don't even know much about, you know, art or fine art at all. That's not my area, but... That's why we do music. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at these paintings and like, wow, I can just... I know a little bit enough to be like, that's, you that's know, <laughs> really hard to do. And, you know, doing this stuff in the late 1800s. It's one of these guys where it seems like he was a lot more influential, like, at the end of his life or after his life than right. he was, which... Kind of goes back to the lyrics of the song. Yeah. Again, you know, because John knows his stuff. Goddamn genius. Well, John and John. John and John. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that John Flansburg wrote this simply because this is, it's, he's the one that the quotes. Right. He's explaining he's the, one the lyrics. And it's, yeah. you know, he, it says he was the one who was a fan of James Ensor. But, you know, definitely check it out. Especially his Seven Deadly Sin series. Yeah, those are, it's, you know, print work. And also, I think it's interesting since it's, he's mentioned in a song and, you know, we're a music podcast and everything, that later in his life, he did less and less painting because he became obsessed with the harmonium. Which everyone became obsessed with the harmonium yeah. there for a while. Which is a reed organ, a type of reed organ, if you're not familiar, you know, kind of like you pump the pedal, foot pedals to provide right. the air. Yeah. But yeah, it says that he did less and less artwork because he kind of just hung out and played the harmonium. harmonium all day and everybody watched him play the harmonium despite having no previous knowledge or anything of music really he just found harmonium was like this thing's awesome i'm just gonna do this all the mm -hmm. time but you know the one thing that really stood out to me that that is crazy what's that he died in 1949 that's not that long ago <laughs> well i mean <laughs> 80 years ago but still, think about relatively. Like, when I mean, you think, think about, about the, like, the painters and stuff. Painters, yeah. prolific painters. You're not thinking of a guy who died in the 40s. Yeah. Well, I mean, he lived a long time. Yeah, too. You know, I, yeah, he was yeah, nine so years old. Because he, he was, a lot of his earlier work was, you know, like the second half of the 1800s. But yeah, so I mean, he was. He saw the he, war. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was alive, and if not painting, at least playing his harmonium, like when our grandparents were alive yeah so yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah it's he's a lot closer you know than than you would think it seemed like like you would think you know 1700 1800s no motherfucker like late, yeah. <laughs> that's wild the things you learn on this podcast you know come here for the music stay for the art <laughs> you roll a die you, you you play a song on spotify and you learn a whole lot about the late 1800s yeah. painter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Every every week, I learn something new and weird. Belgium's famous painter. Dig him up and shake his hand. Appreciate the man. Well, all right. Again, that was Meet James Ensor from They Might Be Giants off their John Henry album from 1994. All right.
Okay, so once again, my song was A Colossal Wreck by Every Time I Die off of their 2021 album, Radical. And my song was Meet James Enzor from They Might Be Giants off their 1994 album, John Henry. What what a lineup of songs today. Whew, it was a good one. Two, I mean, as almost as far apart as you can get musically, but both high quality. If you want to hear these songs and everything else that we've talked about, you can find them on the Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hit underscore Shuffle. We also have a Facebook page, just the Hit Shuffle Podcast. You can also find all of that on our website, thehitshufflepodcast.com. And if you would also be so kind as to jump on Spotify and Apple Music and leave us a review, let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, now it's your turn to roll the die and see what they end up getting. Six. Six. So go ahead and shuffle. Shuffle six songs into your playlist and uh, see what you get and let us know. And you can let us know via our various social medias. And I guess that's all for today, isn't it? I do believe that's everything. Well, for the Hit Shuffle Podcast, I have been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. Go look at smart. Bye. The fuck is in my pocket?